we find ourselves to be a creation inside the creative expression of the creator. Hey, it's Rick here at Kingship. Welcome to the series on creativity. It's gonna be a little difficult for me because I'm not really creative. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm totally creative, or at least that's what I'm told. Because when we say creative, we're thinking of that certain type of person. Usually the fingers are pointed right at me. But for the majority of us, we're thinking, yeah, I'm not really the creative type. And I kinda wanna disprove that a little bit today. Because although maybe you don't have talent, you certainly are creative. Most of who we've labeled creative couldn't tell you what makes them that way anyway. So while you may think it's easier for me to talk about this, it might be as just as hard as for me as it is for you to kind of pin down the definitive answer of what exactly is creativity. You know, in the pandemic, I heard constantly that this was the opportunity of a lifetime for creative people because now they had all the time in the world, no interruptions, you can finally be as creative as you want to be. Yet. Word was that for most creators, artists, writers, they were overcome by the pressure to create and said it was a terrible environment for their creative psyche. I flourished just fine in case you were wondering, but can you imagine feeling that pressure to create as if it was something that only time prohibited from happening? And if only I had all the time in the world, I could create so much. And I, I know I have a list a mile long, and I'm never getting around to it of all the things I'd like to do. But the notion that creativity can simply be turned on, like flipping a switch, perhaps that kind of negates what creativity really needs. My wife once kind of trying to help me out, kind of figured out what the kids were gonna do, kind of pushed me right into my office, closed the door and said, okay, you got 15 minutes, go for it. In those 15 minutes, I couldn't really do anything. Because what I needed most of all was not the time, it was to be inspired. What we think our creativity is really about is about being original. It's not entirely true. And that's not me condoning the TikTok era where to succeed is to imitate and originality is dead, where you watch the same video over and over. Actually, if you've ever been on TikTok and you've watched about three seconds, you've seen everything it has to offer, you're good. But what I'm really talking about is that even the most original, unique ideas, the pieces of art, the concepts, are all still, at their core, not original unto themselves. Mark Twain has a quote that there's no such thing as a new idea. It's impossible. We simply take a lot of old ideas and put them into this sort of mental kaleidoscope. We give them a turn and make them into new and curious combinations. And we keep on turning and making new combinations indefinitely but they are the same old pieces of colored glass that have been in use through all the ages. You know, it's evident that we desire to create, to make new, yet even that notion is inspired. We don't create inside of a vacuum. Even the tools or parameters that assist us on our quest are really no authorship of our own. Where does our colored glass or kaleidoscope, what we view the world through that permits us to interact and mold, where does it all originate from? What is its source? For us, that is creativity's primary purpose, to express or reflect the source of our inspiration. The tension comes though when creativity shifts from inspiration and then it's translated to production. It's what the indie band refers to as selling out. It's the act of creativity being done solely to produce as its ultimate goal. And we live in a world right now where this act is very visible. 
When I was in film, we saw a dramatic shift in movie making. It shifted from quality to quantity. Suddenly YouTube was released and everybody was pushing for just more content. It didn't matter what it looked like. TikTok creators, they don't create to express. They often do it for metrics, for the views. There was an outcry when Instagram said that they were gonna get rid of their, their heart count. You know, the IP is now the dominant contender. The intellectual property, Star Wars, Marvel, Hello Kitty. You give the people more, produce more for the sake of existence and relevancy. IPs are now kind of like the new name brand clothing that we use to kind of make up our identity. I love Star Wars, but do I love everything that Star Wars makes? I'm supposed to, because all of this is tribalizing us. But it's also as simple as the individual's intent behind engaging creativity. Why they make anything in the first place? Do they do it to express inspiration or is it really become more about success, fame, money, or just the identity of being known as creative? So we kind of continue to make more because we liked it when that person said, hey, you're very creative. And we're like, yes, I am. So I'll make more so I can get more of that affirmation. Creativity for the sake of production becomes distorted in its function for our identity. It becomes creativity for the sake of creativity. It's more of a wandering, kind of aimlessly. It's a type of creative that never asks the question, why? Thomas Terry and Ryan Lister kind of pointed out as a missional drift. Our contemporary fascination with creativity's production keeps us so busy that we don't pursue creativity's original purpose. We're concerned primarily with how we're going to fill the shelves rather than why we want to fill them at all. So if creativity has a purpose and, and, and direction, that it's going somewhere, it means it came from somewhere, which means it has a starting point. The concept of creativity, the ability to form or bring into existence, implies an origin. So our creative endeavors have beginnings, so it's no leap to comprehend that creativity and all that exists around us has a beginning too. Creativity has a source from which to inspire. And that source is God. Now, how did you not see that coming? Creativity begins with God, but also God begins with creativity. Often when we look at the first chapter of the Bible, we, we use it to kind of learn about our own beginning. It's like to answer the question, where did we come from? But the beginning of the Bible, the first words of Genesis, the word of God begins, not with an explanation of us, but a revelation of who God is. In the beginning, God created. The first five words include the first characteristic of God. Our very first imprint of who God is is that He is the creator. And if we want to understand our own creativity, an expression of creating, we must begin with God. In the Hebrew, the Bible actually doesn't begin with five words. It actually begins with three. It begins with Reshith, Elohim, Bara. Let's start with Elohim because you probably have heard that one before because it's the name of God. It's the divine and holy one. It's why you have in Stranger's Things the main character named Eleven so they could nickname her El, which is the root word for Elohim, the most powerful one. It's the acknowledgement of the existence of an authoritative being. And Reshith means the first fruits. It's like a harvest's first reapings. 
My son recently went berry picking, and when he ran out onto the field, he goes and picks up one of the berries and plucks it right from the vine, and then what does he do with it? Does he put it in the basket? No, he, he plops it right into his mouth and juice gets everywhere, and you can just look on his face and he knows, oh man, this tastes so good. These are the first fruits. It's the first experience of goodness. And often we equate good work, it, it bears fruit. And so history begins with the enacting of goodness, the existence of God's story in the beginning. It marks the very first action that God makes. And, and what is that? It is bara, to create, to, to shape and mold. But not just that. It means to choose to shape and mold. All that there is has come from the will of God, not just from Him, but that He actively chose to will it into existence. You know, a, a rougher translation is to fashion by cutting down, to like take a, a sliver off of oneself. It, it can also mean to make fat, to, to expand yourself. But let's kind of focus more on the leaning side of things, which is that God, he, he took of himself. It's why we see that, that Jesus is the word of God, that the word of God goes out from him to us, to his creation, that the, the breath brings out newness and it, and it hovers over that new condition and there's new circumstances take place. It's why the word salvation and redemption, they have a similar root that Jesus makes us new. He makes us a new creation from our sinful natures when we surrender to him. That means that we are receiving of him. That all of this is because God is giving of himself. So the first acts of goodness through his characteristic, through his creativity, he chooses to create. And what does he create? He creates the heavens and the earth. Or as Francis Schaeffer puts it, he creates time and space in the beginning. God sets the parameters, the physics, the structure, the architecture of his creation, and we find ourselves bound by this. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In other words, there's nothing that we can stumble onto or find outside of his bara. There's, there's no door at the end of the ocean. There's no Truman show. God didn't work with things in order to create. He created from himself. And we're contained in this. And that's actually an amazing thing, although we really struggle with the idea that we might be confined. But we are paint strokes on his canvas, confined to the boundary lines. But this means that we're not a splotch that missed the canvas and ended up on the wall because there's, there's no wall to begin with. And if we are there, if we are on God's canvas, this means that it gives us a purpose. It also gives us an identity. And when we see that, it gives us the ability to recognize that God is the source. And then we can say, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. We find ourselves to be a creation inside the creative expression of the Creator. And if we stop to look at why we have this burning desire inside of us to, to think, to express, to toil, to mold and multiply, it becomes blatantly obvious that we're made in the image of our Creator that does the very same thing that our creativity is evoked from his creativeness. Now, if that was all that God has done, it would be enough 
to worship him in praise. God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it. It would be enough to praise him. And yet, God does something beyond creating. He interacts with his creation because we're not a collection. We're not for productivity. We're not God's sandbox of experiments. God engages in an intimate way. His word tells us, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at a proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he, he cares for you. He cares for you. And what is this that he will exalt me? Why? What have, what have I done to deserve that? Because he cares? Our relationship with our creator is by far the most unique piece of creation and is creative unto itself, the concept of interaction, the concept of intimacy, the concept to think up relationship. You know, in, in the second chapter of Genesis, when, when Adam was first created, one of God's first decrees is that man should not have to experience being alone. And, and then together, they went kind of on this quest in search of a suitable helper. They, they searched together, and God created wild animals while man cataloged everything. I think God kind of got the more interesting job out of the two. But here's, here's kind of what I noticed with this. First, that there's interaction, that they're working and doing something together. And the second thing is, why is Adam alone? He, he has God. God is clearly interacting him, with him, but... But it's, why does God declare that Adam is alone, that Adam is experiencing loneliness and he needs a suitable helper? It's because of the nature of creation and creator. How can creation understand something beyond itself? Or as the Bible puts it, how does clay ask the potter, what you making? How can we comprehend God's ways? So God, because he cares, is not just a creator, he is also a revealer of himself. And so he brings about understanding for us so that we can be in relationship with him. And he does this through the evidence of his creation. When we look around, we are without excuse. We can see that there is a maker, a creator of all of this. He does this in a suitable helper. The fact that Adam gave him Eve. It's a demonstration of a unique relationship, but by equal value where we could not understand our relationship with God because there's no way that we measure up to the, the glory of who God is. He gives us a relationship where there is man and woman and no one is more uh, you know, better than the other, but it is still yet a unique relationship. And so that we can understand differences, understand, okay, this is a relationship and I can now understand my relationship with God and myself. I, we can understand the relationship between Christ and the church. He also reveals himself through Christ, the very fact that God himself came down to us and walked with us, that he was like us, yet sinless, and showed us the way, he showed us the truth, and he showed us the life. And then through the Spirit, at times when we cannot grasp and not understand how big God is, that the Spirit is actively advocating for us. This means that God's creativity serves a purpose. It's, it's the purpose that we may worship and glorify our maker in understanding. But this cannot be achieved by our own ability because his thoughts are higher than ourselves. 
And so God, he teaches. God creatively interprets his own creativity. I'll give you an example in Isaiah 64, 8, where it says, But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. And we are all the work of your hand. Okay, I, I read that, and I understand that I am like the clay. I am something that is moldable, that has been created, but then can, someone can come and create life out of me. And that God is that someone, that he is the potter, the one that takes and creates something. He can see something out of dirt that can hold and uh, store things. The scripture reveals this truth. I get it. Yet there's more at play here. There is more of God's truth at work than just the literal and metaphorical sense of this passage because the clay, the potter, and the thought of even making pottery, it all belongs to God and his creativity. The metaphor, it reveals truth because God created all aspects involved in order to help us comprehend and understand him. So God creates the clay. He creates the earth. He makes the dirt. And then God creates man who he permits to interact and subdue the earth. I see the dirt and I create something out of it. And I see a use for it. And so man is inspired and he creates pots from clay. And then people say, wow, you're really good at that. And so man takes on the profession of being a potter. And then God uses our understanding right there and the interaction between potter and clay. And God creates the prophet Isaiah. And then through Isaiah, God speaks his word and he defines himself in a way that engages us, that his ways are brought to our understanding, that we receive divine revelation from our maker. God uses our creativity to reflect its source. And this is how our creativity glorifies him when it is rooted in its purpose. It's when our creativity drifts, it's when we fail to recognize our inspiration from his originality. There's only one true original, and it highlights the awe and majesty of God. Our inspired creativity conveys full purpose and beauty when it reveals truth, the truth grounded in the expression of God's creativity. So whatever we think we bring to the table, whether it be talent, labor, or craft, we need to recognize it still owes its due.